0: Welcome to Joiners, the podcast with Tim and Danny, where each week we take a casual stroll through the world of hospitality by chatting with its most colorful characters.
1: Woo! Woo! What's up, Tim? Danny? It's nice to see you again, pal. Oh, it's great to see you, man.
0: Yeah. It's been a minute. Yeah. <sighs> well, Post-Valentine's uh, Day, did you have a nice time? I did.
1: How about you? Yeah, Minimal celebration, but it was still good. Solid. Had a good time. Excellent. Great to hear. Great yeah. to hear um i think we're saving our real celebration for friday i think we're gonna go to frontera
0: that's right and that's a that's a pro move you don't make the reservation
1: for valentine's day but ironically we chose maybe a busier day to try to celebrate but it's not because it's friday yeah uh
0: yeah i mean valentine's day
1: is on a tuesday yeah so probably you know ultimately would have been maybe a little bit smarter to just do valentine's day versus a friday yeah now for Uh,
0: for valentine's day do you is this like i'm taking ellie out for dinner like do you make the plans is that like your Wait, gift you're to taking out my wife no no not anymore <laughs> <laughs> no. uh but do you, is this like this is my gift for ellie or is this let's pick a restaurant to go together yeah and sh- exactly that. and celebrate yeah we,
1: we we choose it together and uh yeah we're excited to go to frontera support rick Bayless. Nice. yeah um you know seems like he's hurting for dough
0: yeah He's, I
1: uh, heard they're having trouble filling seats. At yeah, yeah, no, okay. so it's just, uh, yeah, we try to support uh, all the places uh, of the people who come on the show, and uh, it just made sense. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. So, Tim, this week, you know, last week you hit me with the pumpernickel facts. I hit you over the head with oh, that man, fact. You, you I blindsided my you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but this week I'm going to hit you with two lies and a truth and we'll see if you can suss out which one is actually true an interesting riff
0: on two truths and a lie that's right yeah okay all right so let me get this right Uh, you're gonna say
1: two two
0: facts i'm gonna read you
1: three sentences and i have to pick the real one you have to pick the The real fact okay okay you want me to begin is there a prize no prize but i'll be impressed okay all right one coca-cola's recipe varies from country to country two before 2010 russia didn't classify beer as alcohol three cheese is illegal in parts of singapore only one of those is true that's correct
0: okay so i immediately when you said the the coca-cola thing I thought that because Mexican Coke is a thing. And I think that the, there's like, there, I know there's like a theory about this, that uh, there was like a bait and switch where they like changed Coke. They had like a new Coke and then they're like, Oh, and people were like pissed. They're like, no, oh, no, we want the original Coke. And then they're like, fine, fine, fine. We'll go back to the original Coke. But there was the change in there that they weren't transparent about. And it was really just a ruse to introduce this new thing. So I think that, And I think it's related to the sweetness. I think it was uh, that they use cane sugar in Mexico, Mm -hmm. and they use high fructose corn syrup in America. So I think there is variance. I don't know if that's for every country, but I do know that there's a difference there. I know that because I also stock Mexican Cokes in my fridge at home for a little treat as a pick-me-up if I'm, like, heading out to meet somebody. It's, like, on the later side. I won't reach for the five-hour energy never touched cocaine but, <laughs> <laughs> which is also an ingredient in max in uh, in coca-cola used but to I, be yeah yeah but i've uh i it, it does kind of give you a jolt it'll wake mm-hmm. you up the caffeine in there so i i'm gonna go with option one is the truth is the truth i'm i'm happy to discuss the other two if you'd like
1: yeah they so, both they all
0: seem somewhat believable
1: yeah option two is the actual truth um, hmm. And I, that was
0: the uh, beer one.
1: That yeah, it was Russia. Did not yeah. classify and before 2010. If something was below 10% ABV, it was considered a soft drink. So does that mean like no age regulation? Like a kid could. I guess uh, all I saw was that after 2010, beer was finally classified as alcohol. Well, the, how strong is the beer Coke in one? Russia? Is so the Coke one to just elaborate a little bit. The recipe itself does not change country to country the sugar type swaps that is accurate so you're not necessarily wrong there but there's a lot of gray in this danny <laughs> dude what you know i like to i like to operate in the gray area sure um but yeah black and very gray impressed matter. by your coke knowledge okay. um anyways we will uh you know we'll see moving I, forward is this, is this a segment now i don't you know a repeat thing i mean i i think i like, I'd like a little nickel. more clarity yeah moving yeah. forward well the two two is definitely more black and white is definitely the truth um okay. Anywho, <laughs> this week <laughs> we have a very special guest. Um, she is part of the Eli's family. Uh, she is a Shulman, and her name is Alana. And she will be the she's the third generation uh, Shulman to work in the family business. So, her grandfather started Eli's Place for Steak uh, in 1966. He had a couple of other ventures before that. And then her dad decided to build the cheesecake into an empire. Yeah, Eli's was known for the cheesecake. Yep. And dad, who was a
0: lawyer at the time, said, I want to take this and run with it. Grandpa said, okay, go for it. And that is how yeah, the Eli's is Cheesecake, as we know it, was born.
1: Yeah, and so we are pleased to offer you this special episode with Alana Shulman. So welcome. <laughs> welcome to the studio, Alana.
2: This is um, such a treat. I'm so it happy is. to be here. And it's just treat for us. What a cool space.
1: <laughs> Thank you. It's a very... Uh, Thank you for saying that. It's a little <laughs> bit of a neutral toned...
0: Um... Watching the videos, I, cause I, I see some videos on Reels and so I'm like, oh man, people are in like nice looking studios. I just watched that new... Uh, uh you people movie and like the studio they record in is really cool and i'm like well we could we could work on it but yeah not that i'm a it's
1: a, utilitarian i was watching a a, a joe rogan clip not, <laughs> no. not a huge oh joe no, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was a rick rubin clip but i noticed that behind joe rogan in this clip of this podcast he has like a giant neon that says like you know the joe rogan experience or whatever and i was like we need to get tim just a neon that sits behind him Ooh, just for the clips well, what kind of neon would you know <laughs> we just need a joiner's neon over the oh joiner you know? their
0: logo yeah. i was thinking like a piece of cheesecake or something <laughs> yeah, we should nice. have a different one for each guest we should make a new neon and then they leave with
1: guest. it. yeah
2: I have so many thoughts on cheesecake neon. <laughs> so happy that you brought it up, but really, I do. The, okay. A little bit of a little bit of history of Eli's that people don't know is at one point we had a mall kiosk where we sold muffins.
1: No way, I didn't. know. And
2: that. there's like an amazing neon that I found. Um, but no, a picture of. And I don't know if it exists. So I'm like always on the hunt. Like, is it somewhere like in a hidden area? Oh,
1: yeah. Like, there should be a lot of storage of Eli's stuff, memorabilia from over the years. So, yeah. So much. So Eli's, the place for steaks, opened in 66. Yes. Is that right? That's wild. Mad Men era steakhouse. That's right.
2: There's so many amazing photos. I actually found one. That's the really fun thing about like uncovering things all the time. Like there's obviously like photos and different elements of the steakhouse that exist in various places. Um, But like I'll just like pull out a drawer or find something on eBay. Like I found this amazing photo of my grandfather holding like a huge raw steak in the kitchen.
1: like a real like an authentic photo, not a copy on eBay?
2: On eBay that I think was from like an archive of a newspaper. I think it was maybe the Tribune or the Sun-Times. And then like, I guess they probably released the archive at some point. And so like on the back of it, there's like a little clip with like the little clipping from the newspaper with the story. That's so
1: cool. That is cool. So fun. Did you gift it to your parents for some occasion or did you keep it for yourself?
2: I tried to save it for, I think I was trying to save it for Hanukkah, but I got so excited that I just like immediately sent it to my dad. (laughs) But I did find an original menu from the Ogden Huddle, my grandfather's first restaurant from 1950 that I saved. I didn't
1: know there was a first restaurant. Yeah. Was Eli's the second restaurant?
2: Eli's was actually the third restaurant.
1: So one was the Ogden Huddle. Yep. What was the second?
2: Okay, well technically- Ogden Huddle
1: is such a good name. Such a good name.
2: So good, Eli's Ogden Huddle, an amazing neon sign on the front of that. Was it Um, on Ogden? Ogden and Kedzie.
0: Oh wow. So it it was
2: like Lawndale, which was like historically a Jewish neighborhood at that time. Mm -hmm. And then my grandfather was like drafted into the war um, he, like, ran PX Kitchens. He also was just, like, never a trained cook. He just, like, loved to eat and so learned sort of that way. Um, and then he opened a second location on Argyle and Sheridan on the north side. Wow. So, technically, I guess the Steakhouse is the fourth restaurant because there was two Ogden Huddles. Huh. The third was Eli's Stage Delicatessen.
1: Whoa. Okay. 50 East Oak. And when Eli's Place for okay, Steak's so steak Gold Coast opened were, was that the only thing open at the time when it opened?
2: Eli's a place for steak? Yeah. Uh, you know, I think in that area, there probably wasn't that. I mean, everything that was there at that point probably doesn't really exist now.
1: Sorry. Of his places. Oh, of his places. Yeah, was that the only, like, by yeah. the time that opened, the deli was gone and yeah, the, the huddles de- were gone.
2: Yeah, the huddles were gone. The deli burned down. So there was a little bit of overlap of the deli and the steakhouse. Okay um
1: was there thought to rebuilding the deli it's such a good question i don't know we i gonna, mean yeah it was a long time ago we have, we to, have to phone grandpa <laughs> yeah, we gotta call mark
2: <laughs> we gotta call yeah we we should get mark on the line <laughs> phone a friend, yeah.
1: Yeah, phone a friend. <laughs> uh hey dad uh yeah so i mean growing up inside of this you know food family inside the eli's empire let's say um Did you feel any pressure to, like, one day come into it yourself?
2: I knew early on that I just loved food and hospitality and restaurants. And so, like, the steakhouse closed in 2005. So at that time, I was 15. So I, like, I feel like grew up in that, in the restaurant. And like in the summers, I would work at the bakery. I'd like work on the decoration line. I would work at events. Um,
1: But did Haley and Corey do any of this stuff?
2: Yes, I think they did a little bit of it, but I think I-
1: I, Like it was clear you were the one that was more into it.
2: I, I don't want to make it sound mean to them. They're super. They're like they like love. They love Eli's. They love cheesecake. uh, They love the people. No,
1: I know they do. What's the
0: What's the age group? Like, how far away are you guys, and where do you fit into the three?
2: I'm the youngest of three girls. I am. I'm 32. My the the middle sister is like four years older than me, and then six years. Okay. Yeah.
1: So so growing up inside the restaurant essentially you started taking on kind of you were working in various
2: like I would be at the piano bar with like Hal Roach who was the piano player at the steakhouse and like drinking a Shirley Temple and like he would be playing songs for me and then loved like sitting at the host stand and Corey and I would like were obsessed with these coconut marshmallows that we would like hide in the host stand, and then it was like, Oh, we're gonna like go to the steakhouse and eat marshmallows.
0: <laughs> sounds Which, be, like, it sounds yeah, like an amazing childhood. childhood. it was yeah. so
2: fun and then like be at the bar and then be in the back with all of like the waiters like in their break room, they're probably like, Why are these like six year old girls in here? <laughs> but it was so fun and yeah. just like the energy of the kitchen and
1: Did your did both your parents were they cool with you being in the restaurant?
2: Oh yeah, they they loved.
1: Was your mom there there. as much as your dad?
2: So it's really interesting because, you know, my grandfather was like the sort of uh, like quintessential sort of restaurateur of like that time. You know, always in the restaurant, it's like Eli's walking table to table, like checking in on people. Also like telling them like, uh, you have to leave, like I gotta turn this table, like yeah, th- he, oh, that yeah. was like very Classic, much his yeah. vibe. Um, I think at one point he like put a timer on someone's table, he was like, time's up, <laughs> like you gotta move, like that kind of guy, but also like so nice and just wanted people to have an amazing time. Yeah. So he was there all the time. There's a story, who, I think it was, um, was it Irv Cups in it, there was like a, a a prominent Chicago figure. Or it could have been a political figure, too. It's in the book. I have to confirm this. But <laughs> basically, over, like, yeah. s- someone came in and they're like, where's Eli? And then they left. And, like, when Eli, like, learned that fact, it was like, I have to be here 100% at all of the times. Time, yeah.
1: Was it seven days a week or five days a week? Or
2: It was seven days a week. But then he also closed during, like, very important holidays in the <laughs> restaurant business and was just like like closed during like the holidays like during christmas like big you know like days that would be you know like high traffic yeah. so that he but he was there all the time and then like my grandmother was there like doing all the bookkeeping um and so and then in my dad in really the early 80s so he like went to law school at northwestern and he
1: he broke off to rant to run
2: yeah, so he saw, like, wow, people love this cheesecake. Like, how can I bring this cheesecake outside of the restaurant and Did And
1: was your grandfather like, I guess, go for it? Or how did that work? I, I think
2: he was so excited because he, like, saw, like, you know, these, like, food figures like you know it's like Wrigley and like all these people that like sort of had their signature item and he was like I want to be that like I want to have a signature thing so you know my dad always jokes he's like it could have been like liver Eli because people like (laughs) loved my grandfather's liver or it could have been cheesecake
0: yeah (laughs) why not both why not a liver cheesecake
2: exactly and that's like what we will collaborate on we're gonna serve to everyone that listens to this podcast i'm I'm an idea
0: (laughs) guy i'm not an inventor (laughs) i'm a connector
2: (laughs) so um yeah so like my dad was doing something completely different and then decided to open that so when my grandfather passed away in 88 the steakhouse obviously still was there but my dad also had like eli's the bakery So my dad would be running the bakery all day and then, like, coming to the restaurant at night, which is just, like, Mm. I think now that I work in the business, I really appreciate it in a different way because I see how much just the bakery side of it is and then you know the restaurant side and, like, hospitality and just how hard that is.
1: Wow. So he started the Cheesecake Company, like, in the early 80s, let's say. Yeah,
2: 1980, uh, the Eli's... Eli's Cheesecake debuted at Taste of Chicago.
1: Oh, wow, nice. And yes. then he was also, who was, it seems like he was involved in the restaurant, but was he like the GM of the restaurant? Was there a GM in place at the restaurant when he was doing all the cheesecake stuff?
2: He, Eli?
1: No, it's your dad. Or my
2: dad? Yeah. He, like, you know, growing up, like, he would work in the restaurant, and he, like, met my mom at the restaurant, like, at the like at the host stand, but then... Your
1: mom worked there? No, my oh, mom just was just, get, like, would go, went with her mother. Yeah.
2: And then Eli, sorry to, like, take us off track, but I think this is so funny. My mom went to dinner with my grandmother, and my grandfather went over and slammed his fist on the table and said, do you date? <laughs> <laughs> and then like, there's a low, yeah, there's a lot of stories about the, the path to marriage. Um But yes, they met in the restaurant and the booth that they like met in is like in my parents' house, which is so oh, cool. sweet. Um, but, uh, Sorry, I've like gone off. I I no, it's fine. I think I'm just trying to like understand
0: how. Yeah. So was your dad like involved outside? of – Did he just take the cheesecake thing, and was it separate, or was he like involved with the restaurant? Involved with
2: the restaurant, but I think what's really um like interesting and important is I think my grandfather did not want him to go into the restaurant business. Mm. It was very much like this is a really hard life. I don't think you should do this. And going to school and, like, getting his JD was, like, a really important thing. So, like, it was, like, I'm going to go be a lawyer. But then seeing, like, my dad feeling like I really want to carry on the legacy of of Eli, my father, this, like, amazing Chicago character. And, like, I want people to know who Eli is. Eli is. And that's, like, what his drive was to start the cheesecake business.
0: Yeah, given the choice between cheesecake and going to court I think most people would <laughs> choose <laughs> choose, the choose the cake
2: but it's interesting to think about like what my grandfather thought at that time yeah yeah you know totally sure. like I think he was probably excited that my dad was going to take his signature item and like sh- you know mm-hmm. share it with people all over the country and like eventually the world but that's like a huge he had like two small children and quit this job as a lawyer and like was on a successful path and just like did something completely different. Yeah. It
1: took a big risk. Yeah. Um, that paid off. <laughs> and then, but another, like, yeah. So you also grew up in downtown Chicago, which is pretty interesting. I feel like most people I meet who are from Chicago, they're from some suburb or wherever. Not but that there's guys, anything wrong with that. Yeah. 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 Screw you. Down. Where, where so, are you from?
0: <laughs> I grew up yeah. in Woodstock.
2: I, I love Woodstock. Who doesn't? I've spent a lot of time in Woodstock.
0: Have you? Why?
1: Um, Groundhog I had, Day. <laughs> huge Groundhog Day. I really
2: found, do yeah. love Groundhog Day, yeah. but um, one of my best friend's family like had a farm in Woodstock, and so I like went many weekends growing up
0: it is farmland yeah i thought i grew up thinking like oh yeah i live in a suburb of chicago no it's it's farmland it yeah. still is it's pretty far out
2: they were like in bull valley yeah
0: bull valley yeah of yeah. course yeah i went to school so. in bull valley with danny's wife
1: <gasps> it's true. really mm-hmm. yep
0: mm-hmm. montessori crystal lake montessori yeah, but was which in bull was valley. not in crystal lake
1: yeah, yeah. it's in bull valley yeah. yeah yep um but you grew up downtown yeah what was that like
2: so grew up next to the steakhouse, like one building in between. And
1: Corey says that most of your meals came from the restaurant. Yes. That is insane.
2: Like every night, I don't know if this is good or bad. I think it's amazing, (laughs) but maybe this is gonna sound weird. But like someone would show, so like, all of the waiters would wear like these amazing, sort of like green jackets, like very old school. But like someone would show up, like with the bag of food, <laughs> just be like, "Okay, dinner time." And like I would eat like a petite filet for dinner every oh, night, and a, <laughs> pota- and a potato.
0: <laughs> it's
2: so it's like funny. Sweet
0: Life of uh, what are the kids' names? <laughs>
2: Zach and Zach Cody. And Cody.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's nice. Did level. you switch it
1: up every night? Would you get to pick?
2: This is really um you would get to pick but like I would never get like a prime steak like I would be like we can't get like a real high ticket item <laughs> <laughs> so I was always like really like careful about what I ordered and
1: were you eating it <laughs> solo in the in the apartment with your sisters and your parents were at the restaurant like how did that
2: it, yeah it, it would depend sometimes my dad would be at the restaurant sometimes he would be there but we had like a pretty like loose dinner schedule I think people were eating steaks in various places, about
1: <laughs> at different times, different times, different people like, in green eat. jacket at different times.
2: Yeah, and like we would obviously eat at the restaurant a lot too.
1: Yeah, and were like after school. Were you going there, like doing your homework in a booth?
2: I know, and I wish that I did because that sounds so fun. <laughs> I would, I would go probably more around like mm, six o'clock, seven o'clock, like more like prime dinner time. Yeah. Sometimes I would be there kind of between like lunch and dinner, but it just would depend.
1: Were your friends super impressed?
2: You know, it's like we were, I think they thought it was really cool to like go to a restaurant. We were also so, I was really young. I think it would have been different if I was like a high schooler or like in college and people were like coming to the steakhouse.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It closed in 05. Yeah. Right. you were 15. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But it was fun. I think I always like surrounded myself with people that really appreciated kind of like hospitality and like the behind the scenes kind of stuff
1: yeah i mean i can't imagine what it would be like growing up like in that climate
0: this episode of joiners is brought to you by stock manufacturing makers of fine hospitality workwear You obsess over the details in your space, so why stop at your staff's uniforms? Stock has something for every aesthetic. From fine dining to a corner cafe, they've got you covered. Choose from in-stock ready-to-wear options or design the perfect custom uniform for your team. For more information, visit stockmfgco.com.
1: The Cheesecake Company had taken off. You just called the bakery. Is that how you refer to the...
2: Yes, I'll I'll just say the bakery, but we can say Eli's. Yeah,
1: so Eli's, you know, took off kind of, like, from the beginning, Yeah, and the restaurant closed in 2005. Like, was there – was it emotional, like, in the family to, like, not have the restaurant anymore, or the bakery was so big at that point that it it wasn't that significant?
2: It was definitely very emotional. I would – probably be it was like my favorite place and i think like when it closed my dream was always to like reopen it one day
1: yeah
2: um i Still think
1: possible yeah totally. anything
2: can happen That's we can right. make the
0: green jackets for you yeah
2: it's so true <laughs> um i think my dad i think it was like really emotional for my dad but i also think that it probably like the steakhouse was really a different place once my grandfather passed away yeah so that I think in some ways and also like he was running the the bakery part of things and like those it was just hard to balance both so but I, it was definitely like really sad you know it's like it was so it was in this building like, the Carriage House, which it was owned by, oh, also just, like, yeah, so the land was owned by Northwestern Memorial Hospital. And it was, like, housing for, um, it was, like, originally a hotel, and I've actually bought, I bought a really cool, like, old um, postcard on eBay where it was, like, you know, like, air conditioning year-round, and like, pool on the top. (laughs) Um, And then it transitioned into sort of, like, housing for nursing, like, nurses and doctors at Northwestern, and then Northwestern sold the land to, like, Lurie Children's Hospital. So that's like why it closed and it was torn down. But obviously like a beautiful thing that now it's like an amazing children's hospital. So yeah. it like has like this next life. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think very emotional for the family. I probably was too young to fully realize like what that moment yeah, meant. Yeah, significance of it. But I remember just like I had like a, you know, digital camera and I'm like, I need to find these photos. I took, I like went around in like the bathrooms and like took all these photos of like the wallpaper and like the sinks. And I, I don't know where those photos are. Hmm.
1: Maybe We have to we're gonna, them. Maybe and this is to reopen. one of the Shulman sister pranks and Corey's just been sitting on them this whole time. <laughs> she
2: has that, uh that digital camera somewhere yeah okay. 100% <laughs> I hope so yeah, I
1: mean you guys have a history of pranking one another there's so many pranks do you want to Tim didn't really believe Danny alluded to them. it and I'm
0: like don't joke because I'll ask yeah and I want to know some yeah of these let's, jokes let's 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 get into a couple
1: of these pranks at well, least me, a little let me think little of prank a really break good one of <laughs> the
0: interview <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> prank break prank break I love so it so I
1: pranked I... him for an hour and a half with a tire <laughs> iron well I think you talked about some of them at her wedding and that's how I even learned about these elaborate pranks that went back and forth.
2: My birthday's April first. Oh boy. That's that's the origin of the pranks. Sure. You know. Born into it and <laughs> born into it and Corey's like, my sister is so kind and caring but she's also like we call her like the demon in our family (laughs) she loves to stir the pot shake things up
1: the demon
2: she (laughs) she literally has always been that way like She's. I feel like I shouldn't say no, this because she's going to kill it. me. Yeah. When she was a baby, they would find her just like gnawing on like full, like huge chicken drumsticks. Obviously someone had to give her the drumstick, yeah. but just this image of her in her crib. She would like take <laughs> off her diaper and like rub it all over the walls. So that's oh, no. sort of like that.
0: Demon baby. <laughs>
2: Demon baby. And then like that evolved and just being like amazing at pranking me. So a couple, I guess, highlights of um, April Fool's jokes would be so in college she like there was like a blog I that she contacted like the the writer and said um oh i have like a food truck it's called it's like a a a wiener schnitzel truck and like we're opening and here's like a and you know coupon for people on campus and can you like put this in the blog and then it was like text everyone loves a wiener (laughs) to (laughs) my phone number that was like an amazing one that was like
0: (laughs) and how long did that take you to figure out?
2: yeah, i i think i figured it out pretty quickly
1: i mean when you get a bunch of those she's steps. still getting but, texts. You know, also
2: the blogger then like posted again being like i can't believe i was pranked and so it was like a very meta prank <laughs> but i also went to like a pretty small liberal arts school so it was like everyone was like reading this like one blog at the time so it was just like everyone saw it, it that was a that was a really did you, really you ever prank her way. back
1: or you're mostly receiving all these pranks
2: i've tried and i have not really done a good job but we can work on it we'll put our heads together there's still time i also love barbara streisand and i've had like three barbara streisand impersonators show up to my place of work like before i worked in my family business i worked at (laughs) i worked at vice in new york and like literally a barbara streisand impersonator was just like screaming happy birthday to me and singing like don't rain on my parade in front of (laughs) the entire office
1: that's awesome. So, that's like a quasi prank.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. I feel like my feedback sometimes to my family is like, some of them are not quite April Fool's jokes. Yeah. Like, they're just more like, I don't know how to describe it. Yeah, it's it. like
1: a strange, but like funny, <laughs> yes. kind of nice. Yes. I mean, the it's other. An one. Event. Yeah. It's an
2: event. Yeah. Exactly. It's an yeah. event.
1: Um. So, getting back to Vice, you know. It seems like both you and your father initially went on a path that was diverging from the family business. Um, And then eventually, you know, of course, you you both returned to it. But what did you – when you were in college, what were you studying? What were you trying to do?
2: I ended up being a film major, but I had no intention to do that. I, like, went to Vassar and was just excited to be like – in go to a liberal arts school and like get to do a little bit of everything but then like as soon as i took a couple film classes it sort of made sense to me like why i would like production yeah i really like talking to people meeting new people and like characters and so i think like then i found my way into documentary film uh, and, like, my senior film thesis was, like, about a UFO support group in the Hudson Valley. And I got to just, like, immerse myself in this other world and have always, like, been drawn to those, like, kinds of spaces. Yeah. <laughs> UFO specifically. The no, periphery. Just, like, <laughs>
1: yes. Of society. The fringe. And yeah.
2: then when I graduated, it was like most people moved to New York. And I felt like I knew I'd be in Chicago forever. So I was like, I should try this now. Yeah. And then, um, kind of found my way. Like I was like at Condé Nast doing some video stuff, and then ended up at Vice, and kind of worked at Munchies for most of my time in New York. Which, R.I.P. Munchies. They recently shut it down. Hmm. Um, But we had a good run. Yeah, you
1: weren't there anymore. Yeah, exactly. Like you weren't there to keep it afloat.
2: After I four years after I left, they said we have to shut this down. Yeah,
1: we've been treading water since you left, and we finally sunk.
2: It wasn't working.
1: (laughs) Can we go
0: back real quick to the UFO thing? Yeah. So there's a support group in Hudson Valley for yeah is it i'm picturing that snl skit where like the three people are sitting kate mckinnon yeah and they're talking about their experience
2: There's some simil- there's some similarities. <laughs> yeah, um it, such a wonderful nice group of people. It was like in a um one room schoolhouse in Pine Bush, which is like this area where there's like a lot of UFO sightings, but basically like the town would gather and then people would like share their experiences. I went on like a UFO hunt with someone, which is it's always like an interesting thing because it's like you see anything happening and you're like, "Yep, that's, that's it." it yeah.
1: yeah, as long there's as you can identify it. Yeah.
2: So it was, uh, that was a really fun experience.
1: Okay, so <laughs> that, yeah, that is a trip. Tim, do you have any more
0: questions about that? I'll ask you when we start recording. <laughs>
2: do you believe?
0: I want, well, I want to talk about the recent
1: UFOs. We'll get into it. Um, so you end up at Vice working in Munchie, like for under Munchie. How do you, yeah, that like department. They would
2: be, they would say like the food vertical of Vice is Munchies. Okay,
1: yeah. And then it seems like you were quite successful there in in your endeavor what I was, were you doing
2: i so i was like the supervising producer of munchies but was so lucky because i worked for the best people in the world um chris grosso and lauren cinnamon gotta i gotta shout them yeah, out because they're, they're the best bam,
1: bam, bam. um
2: and they were like uh they did, like, before they were working on Munchies, they were doing, like, lots of, like, skate, skating content for Vice, and then they did, like, Chef's Night Out, if you ever watched that show, and so I, I like, when they kind of broke off into Munchies, like, oh, th- like, food is really popular, like, let's do this, they were, like, the ones that really, um like, kind of brought food to vice in a lot of ways and they just like had discovered really interesting talent yeah and um so when i came there i just like worked for them and we just it was just so much fun
1: yeah and one of those series got a lot of recognition right
2: oh the 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 like from mr beard the oh from mr beard (laughs) yes i like to never talk about it i'm not
1: i love when i like sometimes i'll start asking a question like that and i'll be like am i misremembering something (laughs) it was tim beard
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah the tim beard awards are fucking
0: crazy
2: um Yes, I did. I worked on this show called The Sushi Chef. It was like documentary series about sushi chefs, and did this one um, about this sushi restaurant uh, that. It was on the Upper West Side, and it was, like, this, like, really kind of hole-in-the-wall place that was under the radar, but so good, and just, like, showed up one day, and, like, the sushi chef actually, actually sadly passed away, Toshio Ogama, really amazing um, chef, and then he had someone, like, working under him, and she was, like, a female sushi chef, which is, like... It sounds weird to say like that doesn't happen but it really doesn't happen it's like very rare in that world so did like a piece about them and like i didn't even know vice submitted it to be like considered hmm. and so some i remember just getting a g like a g chat at work that was like oh my god congratulations <laughs> on the nomination i was like what are you talking about and then was like whoa and then we like all went to the james beard awards like our team, and we were like, what are we doing here? Like, this is so... It was like, Chris won, like, a Breville toaster oven. We were, like, pretty drunk. We're like,
0: like, what is this?
2: (laughs) Um, And, like, it was crazy that we won.
1: Were the Beard Awards in New York then?
2: They were in New York. Uh, And then right
1: after you won, you just were like, I'm quitting, peace.
2: But I immediately lost my phone and was just so drunk. (laughs) And I... So that's what happened that yeah. night. Um, but I, I, so that was like 20, I guess 2018, 2017, 2018. And then I like left in 2019. Wow. Yeah.
1: And then when you left that, did you know you were coming back here to work? Yes. Within Eli's?
2: Did know that. I was like, I feel like this is the time.
1: Was your dad checking in with you throughout being like, when are you coming back? Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: it would. Ha- we would talk most mornings and it would happen. And I think for, like, early on, so I was... So he
1: was wanting you to rejoin. Yeah.
2: He definitely did. But he also was really, I think, didn't put pressure on me in other ways, too. Like, he was supportive of me, like, trying other things. Funny, like, I didn't realize this, but when I told him I was going to be a film major, he was very concerned. But he didn't share that with me. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: And, like, I think it worked out. It's like... Yeah, the- if
1: he had pushed hard, then you might have been repelled or whatever. and
2: i learned so much like producing shoots you know it's yeah. like just logist like figuring out logistics and managing personalities and all that stuff like so applicable to what i do now yeah that i'm just really happy i had that time but i think that he probably would have been really happy if i had joined right after graduating and i am very happy that i like push myself to do other things yeah. Or not even push myself because I wanted to do them, but it's like you have to have other bosses that like, sure. are not your dad. It's
1: probably also validating that you succeeded in other arenas outside of the family business. Just like yeah. it's probably important for your dad as well. Yeah. Um. Did when you came back, did you know what your position was going to be?
2: Absolutely not.
1: <laughs> so you okay? So how does it start?
2: It, I mean, it's that's like, and to be honest. We still figure it out a little bit every day. It's like came in and I knew that also I went to culinary school for three months in Ireland between like like leaving New York and coming to Chicago, which was really cool and fun and like was interesting to see like kind of the production side of food and that and then like to really kind of lean in more to the actual like creation of it and then to come to Eli's was
1: it totally different over there in terms of how they did things versus how the bakery does things
2: very today
1: different. or how it did things then yes before you drop knowledge on them
2: well, well yeah I mean it's it's I think coming into
1: like what did you gain from I guess that experience like those the Ireland months? yeah
2: it was I mean I think it's like I am a I'm like a passionate home cook I guess you would say like I love to eat but I think like formalizing a little bit but it's only three months you know it's not like I think people would be like oh are you a chef it's like absolutely not I would never say that
1: are you the best of the three sisters at cooking yeah
2: yeah I think so (laughs)
0: <laughs> what the do quiet. you think what what the skills quiet. do you think are holding you back from being a full-blown
1: chef
2: like working in a restaurant
1: yeah experience
2: I, yeah like okay. i i just th- i just take that really seriously yeah yeah like, as you should yeah. you know so but okay tim calls
1: himself a chef but yeah i, I mean yeah. so my <laughs> prefix <laughs> chef tim from now on um and also why ireland
2: It was this program, Ballymaloo, that's like really an interesting, it's like on an organic farm and you're like waking up in the morning and making sourdough bread at like 5 a.m. and then harvesting and then like cooking from what you harvest. just like,
1: it's like. How many days in was it uh, before you realized it wasn't cheesecake?
2: (laughs) Quickly? I yeah, don't know. Nice, nice. Um,
1: How many, how big
0: is this uh, operation? What's it called? Ballymaloo?
2: Ballymaloo. It yeah. A,
0: it sounds incredible.
1: It's and, really
2: cool. It's it's like a... Um...
1: It sounds better than the oyster farming that Pete turned us <laughs> with. Oh, through. man, yeah. it yeah, sounds talk, cool. We talked to Pete uh, from Middlebrow, and he spent some time in farming, french polynesia yeah, farming oysters it sounded pretty rough though It like totally ruined oysters for them <laughs> yeah
2: that's okay. like one of those things where like in theory you're like this is going to be like life-changing like beautiful yeah. like and then maybe it, you're doing it and you're like it was this still is...
1: life-changing I think. yeah okay. he's like where's the champagne and caviar <laughs> and they're like no this is just the oyster part of it guy
2: <laughs> this like reminds me when i went woofing do you guys know what yeah he was, is? Yeah, he was oh, okay yeah. i went woofing in like uh malaga which is like southern spain yeah. and it was like oh i'm gonna be on this like organic farm and they like said that they like harvested like grapes too they're like trying to start a winery we like get there um it was just, like, basically glorified babysitting, and I painted their house. <laughs> <laughs> and they, like, took us to, they're like, and this is where you'll be staying. And it was, like, uh, you know that movie, Into the Wild? Like a ru- It was just, like, a rusted out, like, really scary, like, sleeper vehicle thing, like, miles from their house in like the pitch black so then i just slept in a tent for the whole time like closer to closer to home base and yeah, it was fine but what, like
1: it's re- similar yeah, yeah
2: really interesting <laughs> how long did, yeah, you, did you do it talk to Peter it was just it. like a month
0: that's what,
2: month what what it okay yeah,
0: and so. and did you have to he was talking about this book that you'd have to like reach out to people or was there a website at this point because he I, didn't like uh early odds
2: i think this this would have been when did i do this like 20 Twenty ten, I think there was a website at that time. Yeah, it
1: might have been more formalized. Yeah, yeah. His, yeah. I'm not. (laughs) Yeah. The funny thing is that he described (laughs) there were like there was one book that was like more expensive, and that was like for primo spots for woofing, and then he got like the cheaper book that gave (laughs) access to like the you know the lesser spots. He got the Craigslist version. Exactly.
2: I, it's I don't pretty know, interesting i don't know why i'm like just thinking about like like um you know if like you're in california people are selling the to the map to like <laughs> yeah, celebrity to the stars yeah yeah <laughs>
1: it's like so funny
2: um yeah but really interesting i should talk my friend works um do you know marissa venturi from middlebrow uh i do not okay this you don't have to include this but she's no. really cool and she's okay. like their head baker you get a lot oh really nice well. okay
1: i think so yeah i think he talked about her in the yeah in our episode um okay so you're in ireland yes you end up there yeah and
2: and then and then come back um and i think when i first joined eli's it was like trying to do almost like rounds in every department yeah just to like really understand Understand, the full operation that's cool which you like it takes i mean i'm still learning about the operation
1: Were people like did they say Were they talking shit about your dad accidentally to you and you're like uh Were you undercover boss? Yeah, were you undercover bossing them?
2: (laughs) In like full like Mrs. Doubtfire makeup. (laughs) (laughs) And then like at like in like three months and I unzip and I No, but did you ever hear like
1: anyone saying something inappropriate about your dad, let's say, and you're like, uh Never like step in and be like, you know. Yeah, regulate. don't
2: say that about my dad. No, yeah. people are very respectful about my dad. He's an amazing person. They're very nice. But I think sometimes people would like, like kind of like swear or like be like, we got to move this shit or something. And they'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. And it's like, no, it's fine. <laughs> like, yeah, it is shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting to come in and people be like, kind of what it, what is her role, you know? Yeah. And that's like something that I'm very fascinated by family businesses. I think... I've known people for a long time, so I think that is really good. But also, people see you in a certain way too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, and there's probably like a piece of you that's like, I also have to like gain the respect, show that I obviously am talented and deserve to be in this. You know what I mean? I, just wore James Beard award around.
2: <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine?
1: I think uh, I don't, I don't, no need world. to introduce myself. <laughs> yeah, this will do the talking. <laughs>
2: so it's uh yeah and it's like there's just such a long history it's like people I remember like my first day I obviously know everyone but it was like really sweet they did like kind of everyone coming together and like introducing themselves and how long they've been at Eli's and it's like you go through the line and it's like I've been here for 20 years 25 years 30 years it's just like amazing and so rare. Were there
0: people that came from the restaurant over to the cheesecake when that closed down?
2: Yes, there's this one guy Fidel who's like the greatest person on earth. First person my dad hired when my grandfather died and he was a uh, like a line cook and so he now works in the mixing room but he's like Such an amazing person that I love. And I'll call him all the time when I'm making Eli's recipes. And I'm like, Fidel, what am I doing wrong? And he's like, always helping me. He's like,
1: the recipe says this, but here's the real secret. This is what you have to do.
2: I know I brought you guys cookbooks. Some of the recipes are a little off. I was making chopped liver. Special
1: secrets. Can we get Fidel's number?
2: (laughs) Totally. Well, like, we literally should cook with Fidel. You guys will love him. That'd be great. He's the best.
1: Sounds like we need to get Alana in the cookbook club. Yeah. Do you have
2: a cookbook club? We do we're bringing it back it. yeah are you serious yeah. yeah
0: we took a little bit of a hiatus i don't i don't think we've done one since it's been like the
1: pandemic a f- or maybe we did one no we've done one since the pandemic yeah, yeah.
2: what's we're bringing been, it back what's been the highlight like what's been one of your favorite books we
1: did publican was a publican great was my favorite yeah. i think
0: that was um, my favorite tim just bit my answer uh we did squirrel in la that was a really good one yep uh, might have been before my time yeah or after your time you yeah. maybe got yeah, booted been and you don't out. know about it. Yeah. Uh, they've been know, doing what about else? Me. Stands no, they've been, been cool memory. ones. Um, We've it's gotten very diverse. We've hit a
1: lot of different. We did cuisines. the Jewish that what was the Jewish cookbook one? That might have been the last one we did. That was pretty solid. Yeah, it's like that. It's by Phaedon. It's like the blue. Yes, it actually was very solid. I don't know why I said actually. I just Danny. I think <laughs> you know, like you think of Jewish food as just being like. Yeah, I think in my mind it's like more bland or plain or something it totally um but in reality
2: it was
0: it,
1: it was quite different. vibrant yeah quite vibrant <laughs> yeah way more interesting than i would have assumed and we, i think
0: the recipe selection was really good so the the idea is like we all kind of vote on a book everyone makes their dish at home we get together and then we eat them
1: yeah and, and the hard it's part like is always coordinating way too the much timing food. of everything like do you finish it at the house where it's being served Do you finish mm-hmm. it at your house and try to keep it warm on the way and then like inevitably someone's like still working on their dish when you get there so then your food has to sit for like an extra however many minutes and you're like tim and i are very sensitive to serving food not at its peak temperature
2: don't even get me started
1: it's just like it's so infuriating you're sitting there like watching it lose time every night
0: at our house and like while shannon works out and i'm like five minutes Five minutes, we're yeah. like two minutes. we in two minutes. And like every time I get, it's like by the end I'm like found.
1: found! And she's like chill out.
2: I'm so sensitive to that. Yeah,
1: I'm so sensitive to it.
2: I would, There's like many yeah fights that have like broken out oh, in our yeah. household over it. Oh my it. gosh. Um, yeah, and also like cheesecake temperature's a big deal for me. Sure. Oh, but what's l- the
1: ideal serving time
2: I like it on the colder side. People in um, middle school would be like, "Why is the cheesecake always frozen when we have it?"
1: And and like, that's like, how me, I like, like it. Me too. Yeah.
2: So like, yeah, but so like that, that's always the thing. I'm so like,
1: the, so are you storing it in freezer and then when you serve it, you're like taking it out for how much time before you serve it? Ideally, um,
2: if it's in the freezer, maybe I'll take it out for like four hours. It depends on the size oh, of the whoa. cake, all I right. guess. So a like,
1: significant amount of time.
2: Uh, the cheesecakes I so every cheesecake is frozen, believe it or not, yeah. okay? It's part of the process. In order to get a really clean cut, it must be frozen. Yeah. I think that's like a miscon- misconception with cheesecake. People come in and like, be like, I but I want a fresh one. I'm like,
0: this,
1: is, all, yeah, this, this is, is fresh. fresh. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a this lot. This is yeah, fresh. Yeah. yeah, I'm always impressed by how You, you, your family still loves all the stuff coming out of the bakery. Not like that. What's not to like? No, but just over time, you'd expect you eat this this thing like a thousand times.
2: We love cheesecake. We were like at my cousin's wedding, and we were like huddled over the dessert table, (laughs) like. All like shoulder shoulder like shoveling cheesecake into our mouths. We're like this is like we're caricatures of ourselves. We really do love. We love what we make. It's really good
1: marketing. It really is.
2: It's so it's so good. genuine.
1: Um. So you start working all the different kind of departments of the company, and then has that evolved over time? Like, are you still in that phase? What's going on?
2: great timing for this question. I've been thinking a lot about it. So like technically I do I do like special projects but we're always like everything's a special project. So I kind of um, oversee like a lot of different like parts of the business or I'm a part of many different areas. Um, But you know it's kind of like what makes the most sense for like my development and making sure that like areas of the business where, you know, I would say I'm like pretty like creative person, and I really love like the culinary development, but like maybe like the finance side of things are areas that kind of like scare me. So it's like I'm I'm in the process of going to business school and just like trying to figure out what it means for me. And like, I think especially as like third generation, you know, like what's my mark gonna be on the yeah. business? Um And I don't know if I have to have like an answer to it right away. I think that there's so many things just that my dad has built that are like so beautiful that I want to make sure that I like preserve and can grow and it's like more related to how we interact and and treat people at Eli's like the culture and like the community involvement
1: yeah joiners podcast is brought to you by party can Party Can is a premium batched, large format, full-flavored cocktail that uses high-end liquor, real juice, real ingredients, it's all-natural, gluten-free, it's 12 drinks in a single can, and guess what? That can actually floats. You can take it to the beach, the pool, on the boat, camping, hiking, to the game, everywhere you go. It is recyclable and reusable. It's a party in a can, and everyone's invited. Party Can is available at multiple retailers around Chicago, around the country, and you can always go to drinkpartycan.com to find a local store or have one shipped to you or a friend. And now, back to our interview. How many cheesecakes are you putting out in a given day, week, year, month, whatever?
2: We're making like 20,000 cheesecakes a day.
1: What? A day?
2: Yeah. It's crazy, in addition to other desserts, too. And that's yeah. really cool, because there's a lot of other fun things that we've Can made. Can you speak on
1: companies that you make things for, or no?
2: I probably can't. Okay,
1: but then suffice don't. to say, there are... <laughs> Big companies that Eli's makes stuff for.
2: It's Yeah, it's cool. You could be having Eli's right now and you might not know it or you're having Eli's and you see it in the grocery store and you see the brand and you know, but yeah, yeah. there's a lot of...
1: That was something that
0: surprised me. Yeah. Now is that... Do you guys develop those products for them or yeah. is it kind of... Or do people come to you for like a commercial kitchen and or scalability? You no, know, we like
2: develop everything. Okay. Yeah. Um, but one of the, like the areas that I work on is like our airline business. So that's like been really fun. Um and and that's like product that's branded in some cases so um i developed like pie in the sky for united airlines yeah, I, mm-hmm. which flies on domestic first class warmed on board that was kind of born out of the pandemic but those are like the things that um
1: it's a special project
2: it's a really warm chocolate chip cookie special project <laughs> yeah
1: call lana mm-hmm. <laughs> let's make it happen um yeah that is interesting like what how to leave your mark on it or if that's something you want to do or yeah yeah that's interesting
0: and you guys have gotten pretty creative with cheesecake what are some of the outside the box concepts or or products yeah other than liver cheesecake
2: yeah yeah, that's that's, coming that's coming soon um it's so funny like I guess just that you know it in your careers, like everything is cyclical. So I'll like run into research and development and be like, I have such a cool idea. And it's like, we've done that. We did that (laughs) that 10 years ago, you know? And it's like, okay, let's bring it back. But, um, you know, we're really famous for like our big cakes. So like taste of Chicago, we do like, you know, 2000 pound cheesecake that we like serve to the public. The like, construction of that and also like how they cut it is such an art how
1: big was the one for Corey's wedding
2: oh Corey's wedding so for my sister's wedding that was big we call that big slice big slice big slice wasn't actually that big hmm. i mean maybe big slice was a couple hundred pounds
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you still need multiple yeah. people to carry it.
2: Yeah, yeah, you yeah. It, but you're it not, wasn't
1: a couple thousand pounds like Taste of Chicago, I guess. Yeah. The, How do that, you transport that?
2: Uh, on a refrigerated truck, and it's un—it's like taken off the truck by a forklift. <laughs> we always say it's like D- a dessert so big, like you have don't use a fork, use a forklift.
1: <laughs> or like oh, something. that's good. There's that's like really good.
2: Some <laughs> saying with it, <laughs> you'll need a forklift. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's legit. I mean, that's the truth right there. Uh, yeah, but what's like, what's the biggest one you've done?
2: I think probably we did some like you know we did like both of like Bill Clinton's like inaugural cakes. I love that it. it was the first one was red, white, and Bill.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and um, those were like really.
1: Do you big. do special art like a saxophone on top or anything oh like God. that? Or and, a like blue dress cats? Yeah.
2: Weren't there a lot of cats there? <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: I'll get yelled at for that one after after the
2: uh, That one was like, yeah, the red, under the white, and saying blue. It is
1: just
2: the, the classic part of it. Um, and Aretha Franklin cut that cake, which is like, there's you'll see in your book. There's like she's in a fur coat, just no, like in front of this giant order. cheesecake.
1: Do you have celebrity, you know, clients that always request a certain, you know, people?
2: Yeah, it, it, like what you know. I guess it's like you know, like Rahm Emanuel, like former mayor of Chicago, like was like known for like sending out like cheesecakes to like all of his contacts, and there was like you know, sort of like the amount was like published of like what he spent on like Eli's cheesecake. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of like other if there's any other like weird celebrity requests. I don't know. We need more.
1: Yeah. Do you do custom artwork or is it always just like custom flavors, custom sizes, obviously
2: for the, for the big ones.
1: Yeah. Or just for anything,
2: just for anything. I mean, like what
1: is the special, what is the range of the special requests that come in?
2: Oh, I mean, there's just so many. Um, I don't know. I got to think more about this. I mean we've just didn't done so you know we did cakes for like second city and like lots of really amazing comedians so many political figures it just kind of depends on the on the event and the person
1: yeah is 2000 the biggest one you've done i
2: think 2000's the biggest wow yeah
1: how biggest, long? Yet. biggest yet biggest <laughs> yeah does it take how much time does it take to make that cake
2: probably like a month because you're like baking it in layers and then you're like freezing it and assembling it and then like once all your layers are baked then you're like doing all of like the frosting and the toppings and everything
1: what's your favorite flavor
2: chocolate chip
1: and what's what's everyone in the family going from mark maureen Corey, haley
2: mark is chip mark is chip mom she might be salted caramel. I brought you guys both chip in salted caramel. Oh,
1: thank you. I think thank you. Haley loves. Now our listeners are gonna be jealous.
2: Haley loves. Haley loves big slice. There's something about big slice that's special. What's,
1: wait, just that it's big?
2: Yeah, but the, I have a theory: the bigger the cake, the better the cake. Wow. <laughs> and I and I have like reason behind it is that longer bake time in the oven, so it's like a lower lower heat longer bake it's just a different texture
1: hmm it makes sense so I just want to picture Haley just always requesting a giant one just so that she can have like a (laughs) tiny piece of it and then the rest of it is just like thrown out (laughs) you always had like the sampler in the freezer when i was a kid you did yeah
0: it was like i I feel like that might have been like a market day purchase yes yeah and it was like and we you know you kind of sneak out to the garage and go to the big freezer and kind of take a bite oh that's awesome yeah. yeah
2: yeah that
1: was a treat that's a cool growing up tradition i
2: love that it's always so fun to hear about people's stories about like how they like ate eli's cheesecake growing up yeah. And it's like always so nice to be. Sporting hear. I
1: events. I don't think I had it till I came here.
2: You're a West Coast guy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. West Coast cheesecake.
1: Who's there, the West Coast Cheesecake I don't know. Danny? I don't think there I like, had a lot of cheesecake it's Eli's. growing up. Yeah.
2: I mean what, I guess I would think of like maybe Jewish delis in LA having cheesecake, but I yeah. wouldn't say there's like a famous cheesecake hmm. maker from I, LA. Yeah.
1: I also notice I've I like it a lot more now than I did when I was a kid. Yeah. It It is for a sophisticated palate. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I don't know. I think my yeah, my tastes evolved over time. Now I'm into it.
2: Did you wanna know what makes Chicago style cheesecake Chicago style? Yeah, I know.
1: Let's break it down.
2: (laughs) Okay. So my grandfather like set out to create his iconic style. All butter shortbread cookie crust, probably one of the most different parts of the cheesecake, because people are mostly familiar with the graham cracker crust. Mm-hmm. Sour cream and cream cheese, slow cultured, uh, 100% Madagascar, Nielsen Massey, Madagascar vanilla another family on business in Illinois, and then really what broke all the rules, dry, hot, bake, no water bath. Okay. So have you guys made cheesecake? I Come never on. have. The water bath part of it... Have you ever made a dessert with a water bath? Kind of a... No. It's kind of a pain. Liz
0: probably has. I think Liz has, yeah. Yeah.
2: It's just like... I mean, there's a reason for it, but the dry hot bake, what's amazing is you get this like beautiful caramelization on the outside, very rich and creamy interior.
1: Mm. So So
0: now that I have the cookbook and I'm going to have Fidel's phone number, (laughs) how long am I going to have to devote to making a good cheesecake?
2: Mm, I feel like couple hours
0: and it'll be ready or it'll be well like i mean i mean resting time the whole freezing thing. time
2: i would say over two days because you really before you cut it you want it to be frozen so you want to right. bring it to temperature free you know freeze it and then cut it
1: okay but do you ever make them at home now i, I mean that'd be a wild why would wild you? thing to do
2: this is so embarrassing but like the first time I personally made a cheesecake like every part of the process was when I was probably in my early 20s that's
1: not I'm that disgusted by that yeah. fact well <laughs> yeah. no it's
2: like wouldn't you think that like because I always just was it was around at the bakery yeah. like I wasn't making it yeah and I was There's
1: no
0: need to, unless you really yeah, want to understand exactly. the process or, like, get more appreciation for the people doing the baking.
2: And I, like, immediately called Diana Moles our vice president of innovation. And I was, like, I call her, like, the cheesecake doctor. She's been to Eli's for 35 years. And I was, like, this cheesecake is cracked. Like, what did I do? And, like, we went through, like, every step of the process. What was it? Te- not mixing well enough and, like, d- temperatures that are, like, not tempering my ingredients or like, shocking the cake by, like, taking it out of the oven too quickly. Hmm. You have to like kind of open the oven door.
0: Then, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of desserts s- you don't want to overmix. I would think cheesecake. You want to mix the hell out of it.
2: Yeah, I think I. I think I did a. I think I. Well, no, I. It was. I think it was more about the mix, the temperature of ingredients being
1: mixed. Hmm. Yeah. I guess we're gonna find out. I, I. We'll try one. Tune in next week for we'll Tim do and a, I making You know making a This cheesecake. is an interesting
0: idea. I'll make one. Danny will make one. And we'll compare. do a taste test, and you'll be the judge. Uh, really? Yeah. And maybe cool. we'll maybe we'll get Lizard on it too.
1: <laughs> that would make no, that would be unfair.
0: Has. We need we need two amateurs. She's too good.
2: And are, do you think we're gonna go plain? Are we starting with the OG, or should we do something else? I think we got
0: to. I think you plain. should pick. Well, chocolate chips, everyone's favorite. Maybe we have your dad be the judge. I love it. Well, it's not
1: everyone's favorite. It's most of. the Well, the people favorite. who matter. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. exactly. The Mark
1: and Alana <laughs> favorite. Yeah.
2: No, we love plain cheesecake too.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, with sp- chocolate chips on top of it. Speaking of the family and your dad, how long does he want to stay uh, in the business? Like, when does he want to retire? He,
2: I think he's, he will never retire. He, like, loves working so much. He loves the business. It's, like, his favorite thing. So I feel so lucky that I get to be with him and work w- alongside him.
1: Yeah. Is it kind of, is your schedule now a little bit full with going to graduate school and doing all the business stuff?
2: Yeah, it's definitely full, but I think it's always sort of been, that's always kind of been my, like, reality. Like, it was always just, like, growing up in the restaurant business, there was always stuff going around, like, with Eli's, like, going to school and then, like, hey, we got to go cut a thousand pound cheesecake. <laughs> like, that was just the nature of it. So I think that um, it's a, it's kind of what I'm used to, but maybe in, a, like, a little bit of a different way. Just, like, you know, doing homework again.
1: Yeah, yeah all right great um tim do you have any additional questions before we get to the lightning round just the gratuity round questions do you like how i always call it the lightning round
0: yeah yeah i noticed that <laughs> <laughs> we can change the name if you'd like it was easier for you no i think i should just remember to say gratuity round. yeah i think maybe that's just a clue for what our guest is in store for yeah fair enough are you ready for the yeah, gratuity round?
2: i'm scared
0: you should be it's <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very it's scary, scary. Yeah. it's a painful process <laughs>
1: This podcast is brought to you by Geneva. Danny, what is Geneva? Well, Tim, I'm glad you asked. Geneva is a European spirit with a wide range of flavors and lots of personality. It always uses malt spirit and juniper and other botanicals, so some would place it somewhere between gin and whiskey. It can be floral and bright like gin or round and malty like whiskey. Whatever your preference, there's a Geneva out there for you. Even me? Even you, Tim. This campaign is financed with aid from the European Union.
0: All right, Alana, your first question: What's your death row meal?
2: <gasps> okay, I'm gonna go like dirty vodka martini with blue cheese olives. Great. I'm going. I'm. We're doing every step of yeah. the meal. Yeah, every course. Yeah. Um, a seafood tower.
0: Mm-hmm, yep. From, from where? Anywhere in particular?
2: Um, uh, are we talking anywhere in the world? Yeah. Sure. I don't know. I'm. I'm kind of. Th- I'll, I'll. I'm gonna keep it Chicago. I'm probably having a seafood tower from like Joe's.
1: Okay, perfect. solid
2: Um, but maybe that's uh, this is a hard one. I gotta think more <laughs> about it. Dirty vodka martini, blue
1: cheese olives, um, seafood tower from somewhere. From
2: somewhere. Uh, wedge salad mm-hmm. from Eli's, the place for steak.
1: Who okay. still makes it that way? You?
2: Me. I'll do it.
1: Oh, love yeah. that.
2: It's uh, it does. Uh, it has like a Russian dressing on it.
1: Oh, interesting. Which is interesting. Yeah, yeah that's different.
2: Um. a roast chicken i love rotisserie chicken i live for it okay
1: from anywhere you're making it
2: oh these oh see i've answered this this question before but never with this much detail (laughs) i love i love it
1: you want to know everything we like to hit them hard
2: um hmm, i gotta think about that i guess i could be making it but probably getting it from somewhere Uh, yeah where do you get your rotisserie chickens well it's like we there, this is the beautiful thing about rotisserie chickens it's like you you know it's like are you getting it at Costco are you getting yeah. it like at a grocery store foods, or like is it like at a, at a nice French restaurant like it could be in any of those places I like grew up being obsessed with Boston Market
1: mm, I, yeah same <laughs> we had a lot of Boston Market growing up
2: when I was like, like little there
1: aren't many left
2: there's there's not there's like literally one here and i go i go go
0: there there was one right by second city in old town that's the one i would go to growing
2: up Mm. i would get it quarter white mashed potatoes corn um gravy on the side and i would watch the oj simpson trial as like a (laughs) four year old and that was what What a day yeah (laughs) to Um, be clear
0: those are not involved in this meal though those sides this is
2: a <laughs> yeah, separate sorry, event I'm sorry sorry yeah. and also i'm not watching the oj simpson trial while yeah I'm you're eating just my a business. taping of the oj simpson now trial
0: i'm thinking if, if one of our guests ever finds themselves on death row we're gonna i think we're expected to produce this meal for them yeah that's true wow. i hadn't thought about that until just us. now big responsibility anyway
2: um and then i'm probably gonna go yeah, i think i would do mashed potatoes i love mashed potatoes one of my favorite now foods. do
0: you like a garlic mashed potato no okay Spotter. yeah neither does my wife i found out the hard way I want, what, <laughs> yeah, what happened I, uh, I made some garlic mashed potatoes <laughs> i think i made it maybe for uh thanksgiving at her aunt's house and uh, yeah a big mistake I my want... dad also ridiculed me for making garlic mashed potatoes once
2: nothing wrong with it appreciate it i like i love any mash I think I like a 50-50. Is that when it's just, like, literally 50% butter?
1: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, mm. So
2: good. Like a Rich. palm puree. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, And then dessert's going to be Eli's
0: cheesecake. The chocolate chip. Chocolate chip. The chocolate chip. Great. That's a, that's a solid answer.
2: And also, like, they're... Uh, I'm obsessed with Hillstone restaurants. Oh, they're the best. So I feel like a Hillstone (laughs) mash, or like, honestly, a Hillstone rotisserie chicken could be the chicken of choice.
0: Okay. We'll make it happen. Okay. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) Uh, What's your favorite hidden gem restaurant?
2: These are incredible questions. Um, We're
0: just, we're mining tips.
2: I love, I, for a long time, have gone to like, like, tuckadilla asadero on montrose
0: okay i want to talk to you about asadero because i go there a lot because our apron factory is near there and i and it's like a thing with me and the production manager there is like el asadero this week and the steak tacos are outstanding it's the
2: best thing on the menu
0: it that's my next point only get the steak tacos there's no reason to venture off and I'm not. I'm not talking shit. I'm just saying the steak tacos are that good. Like usually, because if I get tacos, I'm getting. I'm getting like a barbacoa, maybe a chicken tinga or something, and then a steak. I go all steak at El Asadero. You
2: have to go all steak. Tacos yep. or burrito. I love the burrito because um, you. It's like a, it, there's just not a lot going on. You can add other stuff, but I like that it's like literally. It's like, like onion, lettuce, and like the meat. It's so good. Yeah. What makes the steak so
0: good? You just seasoning it.
2: And they're like just grilling it but to it, order. Yeah. Um, a la plancha.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's so good. Also, their guac is amazing. And they have great chips. Some of the best chips in the city. It's
1: a good Interesting. one. Interesting. I think, I think someone else has done the talked chips. about oh. it as well.
2: Oh, no. Pasadero?
1: Way. Yeah. Not as a hidden gem, but it has come up, I feel. Yeah, like. maybe yeah. it's not.
2: I feel like it's like it's known. No, it's, it's not a, really.
1: no. I'm, I think it's a good No, answer. it's, yeah. I'm saying that it just came up in another we'll have some i probably joiner super it. fan just going through all of our past episodes
0: and being like here's where it was my friend jordan will sniff it out He'll yeah. be like yeah, it was episode 13
1: mm-hmm. yeah thanks jordan do
2: you guys have your list somewhere of, of
1: all not, these yeah, things we're gonna compile you
2: need to do that yeah. I, I want that list i think for yeah. the
1: first night of hanukkah we're gonna release <laughs> it <laughs> one
0: every night yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh all right well i already asked about the novelty cheesecake so scratch that um what's your favorite fast food
2: uh i'm gonna go with culver's we also make (laughs) we make their inclusions
1: oh you do i can
2: say it it's branded wait what is
1: what do you make
2: we make their cheesecake inclusions chocolate cake oh like when it gets mixed into something yes if you go to any culver's in the country and you get it any of those mix-ins they're made at eli's do you talk to
1: hank is that isn't hank is he craig
2: craig Craig,
1: Craig, I've, I've, i've
2: i had lunch with him once wow. with my parents and i actually uh, recently came back from their big like franchise uh, um reunion that they have
1: cool um yeah i listened to his how i built this recently really and then forgot his first name apparently do yeah. you like culver's it's tim's a huge Culver. it's the name.
0: very best i don't have to say it's my favorite i'm just i declare that it's the best fast food and it, it, it's specifically better than in and out burger which Tim just like starting a fight. Danny just time. can't give it up. No. Culver's is the best.
2: Culver's is the best. There's Everyone's so nice, like, whatever store you go to, but you got to go to Danny Ely's store on Irving. That's the best one. <laughs> Shout out to Danny. He's a gem. Um, I love chicken tenders, so I'm always getting tenders there.
0: Okay, you're getting the tendies. Yeah. Okay. Tim's always going deluxe burger. I am. Deluxe butter burger. Yeah, the deluxe with the crinkle fries and... Yeah, that's my
1: thing. <clears throat> my only beef is that the <laughs> oh, very nice the oh. red the red onion that is cut on the deluxe can be very thick.
2: Oh, he's and the really red onion searching for can really a overpower
1: demerit. that burger. But otherwise I think the meat is seasoned really well and the meat is seasoned better than in and out. But yeah. I just like the in and out complete package more as a burger than the deluxe. It is so consistently
0: good. I've never had a bad meal at Culver's and it's always a good experience i'll dine in at culver's and i don't like to dine in at fast food rush they gonna say Very i would pleasant. die in a culver's <laughs> <laughs> i would die in a culver's yeah it's my death row meal i'm yeah. going to culver's yeah, and then eating and then eating so much that i die <laughs> i'm being buried in the parking lot <laughs> yeah that's perfect so what?
1: that's your answer
0: <laughs> all right thank you for the culver's shout out i'm i'm it's i uh, think that we've got good camaraderie seems like someone
1: here. tipped her off beforehand I, I don't know maybe she's a fan <laughs> uh,
0: all right what's your favorite cocktail
2: I think the dirty martini. Yeah, the vodka
1: okay. martini with blue cheese olives. Yeah. Follow up questions or is that you uh, got everything you need? If you were at a cocktail bar that did not accommodate that request, let's say, what would you order in its place?
2: Probably a Negroni.
1: Okay. Cool. Equal parts? I think so. Then it's not at Scoffle, I'll tell you that. Well, t- wait, I really, <laughs>
2: can you walk me, th- I, I've never, I'd never even thought about the like.
1: No, traditionally it's an equal parts cocktail uh, with gin sweet vermouth and campari and we do a little bit more gin
2: interesting so it's not I it's not
1: groundbreaking that. really but a little bit different and what gin do you guys
0: use what's your go-to
1: um we use i don't know we've used like a bunch of different things over the years um, any right dry now, gin though right? yeah any london dry gin yeah
0: okay uh what trivia category would you dominate
2: Um, Probably something related to like Mrs. Doubtfire, Barbara Streisand.
1: (laughs) Both of which have been referenced.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm a caricature of myself. (laughs) That's a great
0: one. Uh, All right, and to what do you attribute your success?
2: Uh, like family members, family, and just like really, like strong values that my dad always. He always taught me growing up, like we would have drives and he'd talk about the business and he's like, the most important thing is the people that you work with and investing in people.
0: Midwestern values. Danny doesn't know anything about that. (laughs) (laughs) No, Danny's a Midwesterner now. All right. And then your last question. What is something that bars or restaurants do that might annoy you?
2: Okay. (laughs) I know right away. I hate when, like, a waiter, the first thing, they're like, have you dined with us before? We do things a little yeah. bit differently. It's like, how, d- unless mm-hmm. we're, like, a Benihana, how different is it?
1: <laughs> I might flip a <laughs> shrimp into your mouth at some point. But otherwise, it's pretty much like any other dining experience that you've ever had. <laughs> yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm trying to think who else said that. I think it was Zoe Shore was like,
1: uh, "Yeah, the tour, I've made well, the it menu this far. Tour. Yeah,
0: yeah. I've, I, I know how to go out to dinner. I I don't need
1: help. You know what? This has never happened. But I will say that the exception to that, like, have you ever dined with us before? The one time that it would be okay is if they were going to do something like extra special for you since you haven't dined with them before. But that never happens. Like, if they said it for that reason, like, cool, we're going to like go above and beyond. We're going to like do something different. I'd be like, great. Good thing they asked. That never is a part of it. I think
0: Eleven Madison Park might do something. Like that's like that level of hospitality. But like most oh, people who go first there have timers like, here. I
1: feel like most people are first timers. It's such a special occasion place. Yeah, that's true.
2: Or if it's like there's a really important backstory to like sure. the way like the the ingredients are harvested yeah. or like the that. But when it's just kinda like
1: I know, it's so insane to say that because what why are you trying yeah. to me so that information here we make the food in the
0: kitchen <laughs> yeah. and then you guys sit out in the dining room
1: <laughs> so we're a little wonky oh
0: my but bear God. with us yeah. we're on to something it's gonna be good don't worry <laughs> all right well that was the last question thank you so much for joining us today yeah that thanks was for being so here
2: fun thank, Great thank to you see so you. much for having me
0: And that concludes our conversation with Alana Schulman. Thanks for listening to the pod and be sure to check us out on Instagram. We've got reels. Now we are doing video and we're loving it.
1: We are loving it. It, act- it actually does add metrics. a great,
0: yeah, it adds a great dimension to the show. And, and uh, it's nice to see for people to be able to see our guests the way that we see them in the studio. Um, but anyway, as always, we're posting weekly cocktails for each guest as well as throwback photos on Thursdays, so be sure to check us out at Joiners Pod. This episode was produced by Matt Haddock and Teo Haddock, and music by Captain Cuts. We'll see you next week.